As you know, Idle Thumbs is supported by many great sponsors that uh, whose products we have actually used ourselves and, and that we appreciate. So to help us continue to get ads that for products and services that are actually relevant and useful to us and our listeners, um, if you could fill out the mid-roll audience survey, it would be very helpful. Go to podsurvey.com slash thumbs. You will have a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. That is podsurvey.com slash thumbs. June 17th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 215, I'm pretty sure. Sure. <laughs> I'm Chris Ramo. And I'm Nick Brecken. And that's it. That's, that's all we got. If you are a new listener to Idle Thumbs by any by any chance, this is going to be a weird week for you. This yeah. is not representative of what this cast usually is. It generally has or ever three is. and five people. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, is this the only cast of two? Oh, I feel like our intern may... Gabe is shaking his head. What is the other one, Gabe? I don't know. He... I can find out. But that is, uh, <laughs> I like this. this <laughs> I like this Howard Stern setup we've gone to now that we're now that we're down to like two people just start shouting to people like in the far yeah, background. Yeah. Jane, uh, what do you got for us? What's the weather like? <laughs> we've done at least one other one with only two people. Mm. Um, probably it was probably Jake and me. Yeah, um, I would guess. Yeah. Gabe is nodding his head yes. Sounds right, boss. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, this is an unusual episode, but we're the only ones left. Every it's single true. other Idle Thumbs co-host is at E3 right no now. No one's attending this this E3. Uh, it's a big E3 this year, apparently. A lot of Gabe is, is <laughs> shaking his head. <laughs> Danielle's in New York. Danielle's in New York, That's but true. she's covering E3, so I'm gonna she's spiritually attending. I'm gonna E3. I'm gonna uh, go with that. So. Um, <laughs> So speaking of E3, Bethesda had their press conference and they announced Fallout 4, uh, but they also announced uh, Fallout Shelter, which is an iOS game that came out immediately upon announcement for um, iPhone and, and iPad. And that is actually the thing that I want to talk about the most because I've been playing it. This is true. Which I have a lot to say about this game, actually. You want to take a break? Um, <laughs> After no, this long oh, I mean, podcast? <laughs> I mean, I'm fine to discuss Fallout Shelter. Go for it. And the first thing I want to say about it that is not really relevant, it, but just in the world we live in now that is so permeated by brands and franchises, and it, it is so – I see the word – the phrase Fallout Shelter, and my brain – has a war with itself over, over whether I should say fallout shelter as though shelter is <laughs> right. like the subtitle yeah. or the, or the fall, you know, yeah. like these days now everything's not, now we've like, we're subtitles are out of favor and now mm. we're in the, just append a word with no colon or dash or anything, right. but just like whatever rising or whatever ascension or what, you know, so this is like fallout shelter. Yeah. But no, it's an actual phrase. It's a real reference to a real thing that exists in life and in the Fallout universe, which is a Fallout shelter. Yes. Where shelter is the actual noun and Fallout just des describes what kind of shelter it's for. Right. Um, and so when, it, when I see the, the name of this game, because 
the word Fallout is styled in, you know, it's the Fallout logo type, you know, with the little um, lightning oh, bolt yes. and O. Mm-hmm. And so I have this like terrible thing where my brain wants to preserve the sanctity of the brand. But then the other part right. of my brain is like, fuck you. It's just words. You want it's that colon in front of like it's Fallout the English New language. Vegas. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like yeah. I shouldn't like be subservient to this like brand instinct I have. It's Fallout Shelter. Mm-hmm. It's a Fallout Shelter. Nope. No, it's not. It's Fallout Shelter. Tuna <laughs> fish. <laughs> You're just, eventually everything in your life will just yeah. become, you yeah, know, exactly. destroyed by video game branding. Yep. Uh, or at least this week. Uh. Yeah, definitely, definitely <laughs> this fucking week. Um, but anyway, that, so that aside, that has really nothing to do with the game itself. I have played a lot of this game, which is which is saying something because it came out thirty six hours ago. True, basically. Yeah, at the time we're recording this podcast, which is which is yesterday from when you are listening to it. Yeah, so um, you're hooked. I am hooked. I am hooked, and it's it's, it's a free to play game. It is free to play. Yes, it is. I was surprised by that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like a promotional app, and usually promotional apps are just free-to-play You mean just exclusively, free, free, as in, like, there, there's play, no monetization like, aspect to it. Not free-to-play, but Free-to-play, free. just free. Right, yeah. Free colon to play. Yeah, speaking of our <laughs> shitty marketing-infused reality. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that... The game feels, to me, totally playable, actually, without spending any money, except that... And this is the experience I've had, and I don't know... You, you haven't played it enough, probably, to... to to, to speak to these subtleties, right? I'm guessing. No, yeah. No. <laughs> this game basically functions perfectly without spending any additional money. And in, in other words, it feels like it's tuned pretty well to give you, you know, to sort of space things out. And oh, I'm sorry, I should explain what this is. So yeah. this is a game that actually the closest comparison to what it looks like would be to what it looks like and plays like is like, imagine something like Sim Tower, um, a 2D kind of, builder that is vertically oriented except it looks except it's like the xcom i was gonna say like the xcom base. it's like the xcom base and that yeah. it's underground and goes downward mm-hmm. and it, it also looks like it it, it just mm-hmm. visually with the exception of the characters which are these are really nicely animated 2d sprites everything just like looks fallout, like xcom uh like fallout boy they look like caricature. fallout boy characters yeah. exactly yeah um and it's so it's beautiful i mean it's 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 beautiful both in its combination of kind of simple 3D and nice texture work and 2D sprites mm-hmm. um, and also totally appropriate to a phone because it's a very simple 2D layout um, and, you know, it's like you pretty much just expand downward and drag people around and, and it's, a, it's a builder game with a very simple kind of work-life simulation mm-hmm. where the little Fallout dwellers, as they're called, uh, the shelter dwellers will walk around and you can assign them to rooms like power generator and water purifier and restaurant and um, si- like various kinds of science and medical bays. And, you know, increasing increasingly you get other things like uh, weight training rooms and stuff that allow people to improve their stats. And you have to, you know, as is the case in these games, you have to balance um, uh, the... Um, their happiness and their health and invading raiders and um and like crazy radiated bugs that will pop out of the ground mm-hmm. and uh fires and all kinds of things and you're you have money that you earn and you know you just have to balance it's it's not a, a an incredibly complex simulation but you know it's got the given it's got the sort of like precarious balance 
kind mm-hmm. of thing at times. There are other times where things just progress. And this is the and without really much friction and and you know everyone is happy and everyone's doing their work and when a when a um when raiders invade or or fire breaks out you deal with it pretty quickly and uh things continue and i've noticed that there's a for me anyway i don't know if this is the same for anyone else for me there's a pretty consistent correlation between being in the game in real time and things going well hmm, and the game yeah the game feels like it's designed to allow you to like go in check on your stuff, leave. But I find that any, when I go to sleep, for example, which is a time <laughs> thing I can't really avoid doing in my life. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning, it's like, holy shit. Everything is like, <laughs> everything is an extreme version of what it was before. Like good right. things are way better. Bad things are way worse. Like I have to click through a million, like here are all the things that happened like before you went to sleep. And, and like I woke up this morning and there were fucking bugs and, uh, and um, everyone had radiation poisoning um, from the bugs, I guess. And I mean, it was just a nightmare. Like ninety percent of my base was dead by the, by the <laughs> oh end God. of this. I don't think they can die when it's actually when you're actually not in the app. But it's possible to come back to a situation that is bad enough mm. that then they're just going to end up dying. And I, right. I didn't have enough people equipped with weapons and stuff, so I just got wiped out. It was a it was a massacre. And that was when I bought two packs of <laughs> lunch boxes which you can buy and they give you money and goods and things and even and i could have bought i could have spent like twenty dollars for the pack of 40 lunch boxes i wasn't really willing to do that um I, so i it was sort of a combination of buying a couple of these things and then digging myself out the rest of the way which was like intermittent check-ins for our for like pretty much all of today um of like slowly inching my way back to like you can spend money to revive people so like mm. every bit of money i got basically went back into bringing everyone slowly back to life and like digging all my power and water and food out of the red mm-hmm. and like oh my god it was grueling and like is this, <clears throat> if this happens again tonight i'm done like if this happens <laughs> uh, Tom, I, that's that's it it did happen again this is chris recording the following day so i after twice in a row, all my resources being depleted overnight, everyone on my base being miserable and unhealthy and diseased and hungry, uh, I, I brought this up on Twitter, and it seems that this is actually an issue that is affecting some people with the game. The game is actually supposed to uh, stop depleting your resources a certain amount of time after you close the app. And for some people, this works fine. And for other people, it doesn't work unless you actually force quit the app, like not just quit back to your home screen, but actually double tap the home button and dismiss the app to just kill it entirely. Um, So if you have this problem where it seems like once you're away from your base for more than about 10 minutes, it it starts just, your resources just start completely uh, going down the toilet. Make sure that if you're not going to, if you're done with the game for a while, make sure to just completely quit out of it uh, because it's otherwise you will be sad. All right, back to the podcast. Um, just that cut out to be a fallout shelter dweller overlord overlord yeah 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 um okay so that's that's that thing and maybe not i will say that my base is much more mature now i have a lot more weapons and armor equipped so hopefully this is this kind of thing is less likely to happen there is a more fundamental disturbing thing about this game that you depending on your sort of inclination and what you see you know, there's a lot of there are a lot of um, debates right now going on about um, what 
you know, whether games should reflect the world that we have or the world that we want or some combination mm-hmm. of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, there's all, it's always been a very complicated thing to try and model behavior or systems in games in a way that, that captures any of the complexity of actual human societies and life, you know, like stuff gets very abstracted. Yeah. Boy, that's true in this game. Um, and how could it not be? Cause it's a little, little tiny simulation on your telephone. Um, this is an iOS game, by <laughs> the way. I don't think we ever phone. said that on your fucking telephone. Um, and, uh, so there is one odd thing about this game, which is that about the premise of the game, I should say within the context of the fallout universe, which is that initially the way you get more vault dwellers is they just come to your vault and you let them in, mm. which seems weird in the context of the fallout universe, but maybe that's how things work. Uh, also, no, traditionally it's the, you yeah, know what just, they, they all like went the down in their left, own vaults. Right. And but then this eventually game starts after yeah. the post-apocalyptic, after the apocalyptic event, mm-hmm. you know, and so you're essentially creating a vault that is still like retained. It's it's whatever it's, it's cut off well, in the world. Start, and people are sort of like, well, you're basically it. building a new one essentially. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know true. what I mean? Yeah. It's like an odd yeah. premise for Fallout. What? Whatever. So that I'm just establishing so I can get get past it and talk mm-hmm. about the like more significant thing that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel if there were a way to eliminate that step and just start with a base full of enough people to be self sufficient, the game would sell itself in the bleak way that it actually ends up selling itself. Mm. So the what. what after you, after you are no longer relying on newcomers visiting you from the vault, the the real the main way that you attempt to grow your population is through uh, procreation, is through you know people having babies. And so, um, th- I real when I I realized when I was playing the game for a while, I'm like, man, there are way more women in my vault than men. Like, I wonder if that's just like a random number generator fluke, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, if that's intentional, if it's not, like, if it's just my what my game happens to be. And you realize, like, pretty quickly, that must be a deliberate game design choice because only women can get pregnant, but men can have as many babies as they want. And you realize, mm. like, past a point that, like, once a woman gets pregnant in the game, like, you, you put people, in, you, you drag everyone where you want them to go. So you can put people in residential areas. And if you have a man and a woman in a residential area, especially if one or both of them has high charisma... They will like start to get to know each other and you can yeah. see them like talking to each other and being flirty. And then eventually they will like go, you know, classic Sims fashion, like, go behind right. the like a curtain, basically go into right. another little the back room. curtain or whatever. Yeah. And, like, then, whatever they call yeah. It and the then they'll come yeah. out and the woman is pregnant <clears> and <throat> the man is not obviously. Yeah. And, um, and then they can, you, you can put them both back to work and it doesn't affect their, their, their like, jobs you know like right. e- they're equally as capable as they were before except that the woman can't get pregnant again until she has her baby which means you can put that same guy right back in the residence <laughs> drag oh, a different non-pregnant woman in there it's for the species chris no i know but that's what that's what i mean about the bleakness of this game right is that it, it that's interesting yeah it's really fascinating and i it's like w- like it or not it is you strange know, love this is why i bring up the thing about you know um the de- sort of ongoing arguments about whether games should reflect like, I mean, this doesn't reflect anything because this isn't actually a real thing that exists. Right. But like just in this hypothetical situation in which you have like a limited number of people trapped in a thing and you are trying to increase their numbers over a long period of time, like 
this is a pretty that in like the in the in the roughest crudest possible terms that's a fairly like plausible Mm -hmm. version of that of that reality but it feels really gross to do it you know what i mean like it feels it feels gross to to be complicit in it but you just keep doing it and like and at a certain point (laughs) well and inevitably the tone of the game isn't matching that feeling right because it has it's not predicting that this is like a I don't know. Or is it? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, it's not in the sense that everybody is equally happy to do any job you give them. Right. Which includes have babies. But they're equally happy to work in a restaurant or do anything else. Right. Like yeah. there uh, people have happiness, but I don't think – and maybe, maybe I'm wrong about this. But as far as I can tell, their happiness is not affected by like whether they have job A or job B or anything else. It's affected mm-hmm. by like are they healthy? Do mm-hmm. they have their needs met? you know, are they injured? Like whatever it's, it's, it's affected by those things. So in that sense, yes, it is not, it is not realistic in that people are not interchangeable. And that, that is, you know, like they, I mean, they do have all different like skin tones and hair color and and so on. Um, you can give them different clothes and so on, but yes, it is, it's the game essentially trains you to view these people as workers and baby makers Mm. in a really, um, in a, in a in a very utilitarian way and the, the the my game hit kind of a my hit sort of the the apotheosis of this sort of when after my first so when i first kind of figured out this cycle you know i'm like okay i i need to be having these babies so eventually my population will grow um i got into it th- this is where i got into my i the game has a thing where you can rush production right. in a given room and there is a percentage chance that that doing so meaning you don't have to wait you know three minutes or whatever for it to finish uh, creating power or whatever you can rush it and it'll do it in like five seconds but there's a certain percentage chance that a catastrophe will happen and I remember um, I I didn't quite understand that system because one of the problems I often have on iOS games is I'll I'll be tapping for some intentional reason because I'm doing something and then a tutorial thing will come up. Right as I was about to tap something and I will dismiss it instantly on accident because I didn't know it was about to come up. And that was right when my thumb is hitting the screen. Mm. This happens to me all the time Mm -hmm. in mobile games. And so I didn't really understand. I just didn't think about the rushing thing. And I rushed a bunch of rooms and just fucking catastrophes occurred. And my people were in terrible shape. And everyone was really unhappy. And I was like creating – but I was also like mid kind of breeding frenzy. Um, and when people are unhappy, they, they, well, whether they're happy or unhappy, they walk around and they spout just like little sentence long. If you zoom in on them, you can see this little, they're like, sure do yeah, like theme park enjoy my day today. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or like, boy, I'm really f- bad. And you know, I mean, they, in the, in with fallouty kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. And I realized I looked in my, my residential places and I had all these people wearing like nighttime wear you can give people clothes that affect their stats right that make them like right. more intelligent or more agile or whatever and one of the things you can do is you can give them put like you know pajamas PJs? and that that makes them that raises their charisma okay. yes exactly hmm. and right and so you know like every time i put two people in the residence to try and uh, to to have them make <clears> some <throat> magic together i always put them in pajamas first right and so the combination of all these factors meant that <laughs> For a pretty long, depressing time in my game, while everyone was like irradiated and sick and unhappy and having sex all the time, (laughs) they were sitting there and they were wearing like 
skimpy like pajamas, you know, like <clears throat> the women in, you know, women's undergarments and the men in like pajama style thing, you know, just wearing that stuff. Yeah. They're sitting there and they're saying things like, I just can't imagine myself without you. And like, oh, you make me so happy. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're, they have these big frowns on their faces. Yeah. They look miserable. Yeah. They are like physically <clears throat> diseased. And like, and, and they're, and then they're like dancing with each other, which is what happens before they go into the back room. Like they, uh-huh. they, pro- they progress from like talking to dancing to back room. And so you have these people going through <laughs> this just the terrible motions of being just sick and miserable and yet forcing themselves to make pillow talk and engage in in like in in overseer mandated uh flirtation and procreation and it was just the bleakest most depressing <laughs> shit it was unbelievable and I'm like this is actually really impressive as an achievement that's like what this game is doing to right. me right now. It's terrible because you then it, it sort of feeds back and you're like, oh, my God, how many hours in the last day yeah. have I put into this fucking thing? I'm these people, too. <laughs> I was just going to say it, it, it kind of reminds me of just the experience of working at a game development studio, <laughs> like the whole cycle <laughs> of just, you know. Yeah. Ending up in your underwear at 4 a.m. Right. And then forcing yourself to enjoy a fraction of your life, <laughs> like, for an hour, like, right. dancing. Yeah. I'm happy. Yep. No. Just guys, back, back, order, to work, back to work. Back to work. again, guys. Yeah. Aren't you all excited? Yeah. <laughs> Fifth night in a row. Yeah. 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 From our favorite place. Yep. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was a, it, it's been an interesting, it's been a, re- and I'm not saying this to condemn the game. Um, no, it makes me want to play it now. Yeah, it's, it's really. I mean, you know, a lot of the rest of the time is like just doing kind of fairly emotionally neutral, yeah. like management and well, and matching stats with the appropriate actions and you know things you do in management games. Um, the people, the person who's better at this thing, you put them in that room, and the mm-hmm. person who's better at this thing, you put her in that room, and so on. Yeah. But 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 the overall like this like through line is is pretty distress distressing in a way that was that. You know, when everything hit that like point, was very you know hit me hard. I mean, it 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 feels reflective. Uh, I mean, it's, it's certainly at, a, at an extreme um, point of this, but but it feels reflective of the sort of you know property itself. Yeah, I mean, like that's yeah, what yeah. Fallout well, to I'm, me has sort of typified is the like well, that kind part of is casually really... like bright and cheery thing that if yes. you think about it for five seconds is actually the darkest, most depressing. Oh yeah, well because Fallout is yes, and that's that part has never really been. That is always on the edges of the actual Fallout games. Yeah. But that's never really what you as the player right. do. Yeah. You know, but it's like it's typified in all the marketing, the fictional marketing materials for Vault-Tec. Exactly. Is this like – is because the – Well, that, even – And the, that in yeah. itself is like – is is appropriating, you know, that vision of the 50s themselves, which is, you know, like uh, corporations essentially yes. selling you an image of a perfect American life that you will then – constantly strive consumeristically mm-hmm. to uphold and then the fallout games basically say yeah. like what if this were enshrined in you know right in, in this like time capsule basically well in, in the overseer uh who i you know i guess you're playing as right. in this game is always a you know a, a villain character in right. games right i yeah. mean like the, the overseer is just the true, gross yeah. guy that yeah. you have to overthrow at the beginning uh-huh. of the game and yeah. escape um, and so in a weird way, it almost sounds like they made the game that forces you to role play as that guy, mm-hmm. which is, yeah, it's weird and cool, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's really I, interesting. It is. It is interesting. I, I, one of the things I remember from the old fellow games, and I actually can't remember at this point if this was in like 
if this was in the games themselves or if it was in the manual to like follow the manual one or two. the yeah. manual has the overseer like, little notes with the taped um oh he's like marked up the whole manual right what i'm thinking of though is the list of all the different vault numbers mm. and what they were oh and yeah a lot of them were like weird sociological experiment it was like yeah stanford vault 17 like yeah. stanford ex- prison experiment yeah, one yeah. and like you know vault 75 like mm-hmm. only men like yep. vault 95 like sheep introduced into population i, I mean that's that one's made up but it was all shit yeah. like that and like yeah. there were these there was a list of all of like mm-hmm. tons of different vault numbers and all the crazy things that were the, and 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 playing this you know i wasn't deliberately playing with a goal in mind but then as i as i got to these like weird points of of, of self-awareness i i realized that i my vault you could just put it into that you know <laughs> right. you, could, you could just exactly. put it into that list somewhere yeah. with like a you know yeah um weird me undies dancing party right exactly right <laughs> like scheduled forced procreation exactly yeah. you know like that's the that's the tagline right. for my for my thing mm-hmm. and 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 man it ended up being gross because after i got after i got <laughs> through that that big cycle every single woman in my vault was pregnant oh my god every single one of them it was it made me feel like a fucking monster because like in the moment i was just dragging people around and then it wasn't until i realized like there's nothing for me to do right now like all my rooms are staffed right uh, you know like and then i and i and i I zoomed out well that is the overseer's life i mean that's dragging people around you know just looking at the screens like when everything was like as optimized as it was going to get for the for like you know at least the next hour or whatever yeah you know i I, sit down you have a scotch and i'm like oh my god like (laughs) what a fucked up thing this is like every single woman who exists Mm -hmm. in this closed universe is pregnant right now and it actually takes about a day as far as i can tell um to to bring a child to term um uh and so that was the case for a long time until overnight. And then when I woke up the next morning, there were like 20 new baby notifications. Right. You know what I mean? And I had to get through all of them. And then on top of all that, that's when everything was going to hell. So all these children were born into this like terrible world where all their parents were dying and living as corpses on the ground for like 12 hours until I got enough money to revive them. It makes you wonder how many world like uh, like notorious dictators really just enjoyed management. <laughs> like well, as really, a weird, you know what I mean, yeah. like problem to solve. I mean, it's a pretty good example. It's of, interesting. Like, good intentions paving the way to hell. Yeah, you know, like it's really difficult to just like man- one day you wake up and just a gross thing is happening. Yeah, but you got yeah. there via like yeah. a million rush orders. And, then, <laughs> and it's, it also really just reminded me of how hard it is in a game to to make a simple system that doesn't say something very powerful that you did not intend. Mm. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. know what they intended in this game or not, so I can't speak to that. But I can say that having worked on a game like this, um, with Space Space DF9 at Double Fine, mm. I mainly worked on the prototype version, but no, but it had the same, the same things happen. Whereas, like, you put in a system, and systems will kind of fall into, like, patterns, yeah. and players will fall into shortest point from A to B, and it's really, really, really difficult to design out of those things you know things will tend to fall into patterns and those patterns inherently um say something those those patterns inherently have a message you know again whether you intended them to or not they just do like when everything works the same way all the time that says something Mm -hmm. and it's and it's really hard if you're designing a simulation game to not create those yeah the yeah when you when you look at like real dense uh simulations i find that it's easier to see that um uh, phenomenon right like, well, the like civilization the s- or yeah. you know you can you can like i often find myself falling in patterns when i play through a round of civ or something 
And I find that that defines what that particular version of Civ feels like to me. You know, well, what I, mean? I also like what find it's that saying. I, as a player, have tendencies mm-hmm. that make it hard for me to break out of those things. That's what I mean. Themselves yeah. in Civ games because I, on any micro level, am more likely to make choice A than choice B. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what anyone else is more likely to do. Yep. And you add those tiny little choices together, and even if you intend for it to be different Mm -hmm. a lot of times your big choices are actually outweighed by the tiny little choices that you make around the margins that you're not thinking about because they barely even feel like choices right but they still cumulatively cumulatively added together and can can speak louder than your intentional actions yeah which says i mean that's how society works too right like yeah you can be like as individuals like we make choices to try and be less you know, racist or sexist or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but society in aggregate, like t- just tons of tiny little things like perpetuate themselves and add up to much bigger statements than any one person's like good intentions. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Should we take a break? Cause I have sure. things I want to talk about, but I feel like we should take a break before. Okay. We, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's yeah. do that. Yeah. If you found this conversation interesting, you can go back and watch Chris and Nick play Crusader Kings. <laughs> <laughs> God, I, I, people, I've seen, for some reason, some people have found our old Crusader Kings streams oh, yeah? recently, and a couple of people have been tweeting about them. If you do actually want to watch mm. hours and hours of, of Nick and I playing, of Nick and me, I guess, playing Crusader Kings, um, and having conversations very similar to this one now that Gabe has pointed out yeah, <laughs> is correctly, um, go to youtube.com slash idle videos and there's a playlist of our Crusader Kings 2 stream that follows our uh, Irish dynasty throughout <laughs> generations. King Vanaman. King Vanaman <laughs> and the saga of Ragnar. Yeah. God, I want to play that game again now. Yeah. Now that I've, yeah. Hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about Anno for five seconds. Five seconds? Should we yeah. still take a break? Yeah. It's going okay. to take, take, take more than five <laughs> seconds, is what I'm saying. I, yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I thought I figured it wrong. Break. break. Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Casper Mattress. These are American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. Yeah, they seem really affordable. Yeah, um, they are. And Sean Vanneman has one, and I have slept in it. I have slept in Sean Vanneman's Casper Mattress. And it was really comfortable. I, yeah? I, yeah. Sarah Good and I cat, cat-sitted him, cat-sit for him sure. a couple months ago and slept in his Casper mattress. And it was, it was nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, so uh, Casper mattresses have – they're basically like a combination of latex foam and memory foam. Um, so they have both those things going for them. They come in a hilarious like weirdly seen packed – yeah, just a con- super compacted package, box yeah, that they yeah. will just like they just blow up out of. Yeah. Um. So you can actually get them shipped to you, and it's not like a nightmare of having an actual mattress-sized thing uh, shipped to your house. Um. That's like five hundred bucks for a twin-size mattress. Uh. That's that's where they start. So it is good price for a good American-made mattress. Um. On top of all of that, you can try them for a hundred days, and uh, if you're not happy, they'll nice. take it back for you. Yep. So anyway, go to Casper.com slash thumbs, get $50 off any mattress, any mattress that you want. Yeah. Cool. Casper.com slash thumbs. This podcast is also brought to you by MeUndies. You said that very authoritatively, Chris. Well, it's because I know it to be true. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Uh, MeUndies, you've heard about them on this podcast before. Um, we like them. We own MeUndies underwear and wear them. 
Uh, I do anyway. Uh, and I all know, of your vault. Uh, I know Sean does do. as well. Uh. Uh, <laughs> yes. All of my, my vault dwellers, when they're having mm-hmm. fun times in the residential zone, yep. wear MeUndies. You're there in the corner handing them out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Uh, MeUndies is uh, a provider of high-quality undergarments. Um, that sounds very formal, but, you know, yeah. underwear, boxers, panties, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs, get 20% off your first order and free shipping. So you really have no reason not to try it out. Uh, we're big fans of MeUndies. I have really grown in my adult years to appreciate high quality underwear, something that I never would have now. Like if I were to get, if someone were to give me underwear for like Christmas, you'd be excited. I would actually be pretty excited. If it was nice underwear, I would be pretty happy about it. Yeah. Um, you can, you can give yourself that gift (laughs) at MeUndies.com slash thumbs, 20% off free shipping. Thank you. MeUndies. Yeah. It's so true. (laughs) that's just where that's just you you turn 30 and then you get excited about that stuff it's true god there's something kind of nice about it though you know it is really nice because you get to just feel myself things that are actually easy to achieve that's true that is very true actually i don't need an e3 to tell me what to be excited about anymore yeah every day you just need every day's e3 when you got a nice clean pair of underwear (laughs) (laughs) it's true video game are we back Sure, we're back. All right. Um, yeah, we didn't talk about actual Fallout 4 at all. Yeah, the actual, um, yes, the game itself, the full game that was announced. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know. By I the way, just... on that note, I, I, I'm done talking about Fallout, Fallout Shelter. But, um, sure. but it is really cool, I think, that they announced that game. Oh, man, yeah. Like, playable right now. Yeah. That totally worked on me. I just immediately went to the App Store, searched for it. It popped up, got it on my phone. Yeah. And started playing. I mean, good job, Bethesda. That was, like... Very well executed. Yeah, no, they're they're uh, you know it's hard to do when you're dealing with someone else's platform. <laughs> like yeah. it's a pain in the ass to get something to go up at an exact oh. moment on someone else's store. Well, anyway. they have they have a lot of experience dealing with <laughs> platform holders yeah, and no, getting I'm things sure. up on yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, no, they're very good over there, uh, having worked there for a couple of years. But um, yeah, it was exciting for me to see uh, Fallout Four. I had seen it, you know, super early on when I was working there, um, and. Uh, I don't. I guess I don't have a lot to say about Did it. Did you I know mean, about Fallout Shelter? Uh, no, I didn't actually. Okay. Well, I knew that they were interested in you know doing some kind of second screen speaking, yeah, slash yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it, sure. I, th- I think it was yeah. in a pretty nascent yeah. stage when I was there. Okay. So anyway, go ahead. Um, Fallout Four. Sorry. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm probably as excited as anybody for it. Um, the, the, so you didn't see the press uh, conference, right, Chris? You you saw very. I saw little. I saw bits. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, there were a couple of things that surprised uh, me a little bit, although I, th- I guess I technically should have known about this. But um, they, uh, you can basically um, now, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, like Todd Howard was on stage and he did the sort of general, like, it's Fallout, here are some concept images, like, it's in Boston, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. Fallout game, uh-huh. yep. and people were losing their minds. And right. then he got to the point where he was like, okay, now for the actual exciting things, and, you know, this is like very Bethesda, where they have these major systems that they build on to the sort of base game every year that mm-hmm. are the actual like media undertakings. And this you one mean like AI and stuff, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah. Or like just engine improvements or like, oh, okay. um, in this case it's, um, you know, every object in the world now, which, you know, like in, I guess in fallout three, you could, you could pick up a lot of just sort of, um, you could pick up like trash in the corner and it would go into your inventory and it would just say trash, you right. know, and like a lot of these right. things had no use, but now they have this enormous system that, um, I guess it's sort of like a combination crafting system plus building. So there are like a number of different sites in the world. They're fairly large, it seems. And um, 
you can take uh, sort of different items like a globe and a, this thing or that thing, break them down into their various components and then like build like a wall or like build a thing um, that you can kind of it seems like just snap um, fairly easily together like a space. So That's awesome. it's, it's building on their, you know, um, the Skyrim um, like home. Uh, what do they call it? I can't remember now. God, I should know this, but. Um, you know, like player player spa- built spaces, mm-hmm. very Minecrafty. Um, it looked cool. Um, yes. like there were a lot of things like that that they um that they sort of uh threw in there um that were that were fairly surprising to me. But uh, I wanted to say that it seems like this year, just in general, is kind of the year of of every game uh needing some kind of component to it that is Building along those lines. Or, yeah, definitely. Like yeah. Uh, even Doom, uh, I was surprised to see has like a um. Uh, like a, I think they call it like snap map or something where right, you, yeah. you can like, you know, very quickly mm-hmm. uh, pull together a mod. Uh, Bethesda announced like mods for, for consoles. It seems like, but, but then in addition to that, like, yeah, like a lot of games uh, came mm-hmm. out and, um, with uh, sort of like buildy yep. um, sort of crafting um, like editory type uh, components. Um, it's crazy. Like, it's really interesting to think how far that sort of thing has come just in the last few years. Like there's really no like That's technical, true. I guess there I are guess when there's a, when there's a like multi-billion yeah, dollar I mean, incentive, like a, example right. of the, how profitable that can be. Yeah. I guess that really gets people, kicks people into gear. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, it was exciting to see, uh, finally see that game. I, yeah, I don't have much to say about it except that, uh, you know, I'm going to play a Fallout game and enjoy it. Um, right. <laughs> they did a lot of, you know, I mean, they're they're updating it quite a bit um, in the sense of, like, uh, now there's a full-on, like, dialogue system um, with options. And um, what's interesting about their system is that you can actually just walk away from conversations in the middle of them. Like, you can also experience oh, nice. them from first and third person. You know, sort of like the classic, right. like, do whatever the hell you want. Like, in the middle of a conversation, you can pull out a gun and shoot the guy. In the middle right. of a conversation, you can... Yeah, that's what you want in a follow game. Yeah, um, which is nice. Like, I was there when they were talking about some of those things, and the thing I was nervous about was like, oh, man, some of these choices might feel restrictive, but it's actually just whatever. They just did the fallout thing and just said, like, all oh, mm-hmm. this shit can just be interrupted and mm-hmm. messed with, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's cool. That's, that's such a hard thing to do, too. I mean, I guess it depends, because um, those games are... Like working on, I don't want to talk about our game very much, but our game Firewatch, which we announced is coming to PS4 this week. Anyway, yeah, um, congrats. thanks. Uh, we, you can walk away. You can just sort of let conversations die on the vine in that game. Mm-hmm. You know? It's basically like just writing an entire additional branch for the conversation because yeah. the, 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 story, the story has to wrap around that in a way that doesn't break. Right. Uh, so it's, I'm sure that they've got, I'm sure that that creates also for the Fallout team plenty of additional. God. <laughs> I mean, even in that Complexity. demo, they were doing the just the Bethesda thing where like your little um, so the game starts. Um, this isn't really a spoiler, but uh, it starts um, at present day um, sort of before the bombs fell, like 1950 or whatever. Mm. And, um, you know, they walk around this house and there's your little robot guy, um, you know, the sort of like buzzsaw R2-D2 dude. And um, uh, whatever you, you know, you've already put in your name and he just says like, hello, Mr. Howard, like in the demo. And they were like, oh, that's not scripted for the demo. Like, we just recorded a thousand uh, oh lines God. of VO to account for your name. What if name? your name is Assad Kizilbat, <laughs> the name of the Sony executive who presented through much of the Sony press conference this week? I'm, probably they didn't record Assad Kizilbash. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Greetings, Mr. Kizilbash. I love that name. It's really good. Yeah. There were a lot of good CEO uh, things this week. 
the EA CEO being the villain in Mirror's Edge, for instance. Yeah, what the hell was that? <laughs> really that strange choice. I can't tell. I feel like it must have been in the same way that the Deus Ex guy is just the lead artist on that game. I feel like but there's a weird so, like, self-referential. Like, like, that is such a different oh, it's very, thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, just like our buddy on the development team. Yeah. Like how Bill Gardner, who was a designer at Irrational, is the face of Jack in the original Bioshock. Oh, that's right, just like yeah. it's like a funny like yeah. haha we get it because we work on the team yeah but like haha you're public, the villain in our game like <laughs> boss of us is, is bad guy in right. our video game it's pretty funny yeah i hope you can kill him <laughs> man did you see that they announced that uh that the mirror, new mirror's edge game which is called something some mirror's edge word as opposed to mirror's edge 2 uh in the vein of what we we're talking about earlier yeah um mirror's edge shelter i believe it's called right uh is um has no gun, no guns, or rather, there are guns, but you don't ever use any of them. You're yeah. not, you cannot even pick up a gun. Yeah, I know. That's, that's the that's best. Sort of what I was I'm referencing. so happy I'm, about I'm that. I'm really glad that they're. You know, it also seems like a conference this week of uh, a lot of violence. Although that might just be me being older. It's always a lot of violence. Um, <laughs> when is there ever not a lot of violence? Yeah, but uh, it just seems like, In like games, I mean, I, I guess. Maybe it's just the number of games that were announced and just the, the sort of so the volume the volume of stuff this yeah. week. It just I felt like inundated well, by these days machine the guns. E3, like the, pl- the way platform conferences work now, you know, like obviously they announce games that are only on their platforms, but hardly any of what they show is actually only going to be playable on yep. whatever platform whose conference you're watching. All the rest of it is like it's coming out a little earlier on ours or yeah. like it's not even nothing special. There's just like a little bit of DLC that's different mm-hmm. or even the DLC is just coming out a little bit earlier, but will also be available and everything. It's just excuses to just sh- like associate brands with their consoles, regardless of like what it actually has to do with their console. So it's just this like, because of that, it means any, all games that are coming out can be showed at these things. It doesn't matter if it's been announced before or not. It doesn't matter what platforms in total it's coming to. It doesn't really, it doesn't matter. It just show all the, Fucking game, get a games in here. <laughs> Bring in the games, dump truck of games. Games, 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 three games. <laughs> three games. Game, 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 three games. <laughs> There's so many more than three games. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, God, I'm glad I'm not yeah. a journalist anymore. Uh, God, it's been an showed, awful year they for showed, that. They, uh, Sony had like a sizzle reel of, um, of, of, you know, like all the games they showed at their conference. And it was so yeah. funny because it was like, just fucking guns, 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 like swords, magic, guns, swords, magic. And then, like just a clip of our game, which is a guy throwing a beer bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Did um, you see that crazy um, media molecule game, Dreams? I saw um, stupidly, as a lot of people probably know. I just my exposure to that game is limited to an animated GIF I saw on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I vaguely kind of heard the pitch, I have but like no idea what it is. Th- I guess that's the thing. I don't really, <laughs> having even like read the log line, I don't know yeah. what that you know. Because, yeah, it's it's. At, you know, as was um, Little Big Planet, it is about creating things as a player in what is presumably a set of like very intuitive, very player centric creation and editing tools. Um, except that they showed a bunch of different scenes whose just looked like they came from completely different art directed universes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like uh, the the thing about uh, Little Big Planet that was you know that tied it together was that. You could make crazy things. You could, you know, do like make computers, basically, mm-hmm. you know, simple computers in the way that ended up becoming very popular in Minecraft. Um, but everything was kind of tied together by this consistent art direction and sort of material types right. that, that you know, were shared. Whereas this game, it just looks like totally different basic building blocks. It's, hmm. I don't I wonder what the 
I wonder what happens when you say start game and you hit go and then it comes up uh, on the screen. Mario's what face appears. <laughs> it actually stretch it. It's the, the dream of uh, Creator 64 has finally come true. Do you remember that game? No. Oh, man. It was announced before the Nintendo 64. I was so excited for this stupid game that really? never was real. But it, the, like, I remember the, the image that must have been released at an E3 or something. Um, and it was just like a T-Rex or whatever. And like having just seen Jurassic Park or something, I was so excited that I could like make right. a T-Rex. Yeah. Oh, I can make that. I could put that in a game. Yeah. Um, and it never got released. I think it was like a, a hard drive game, like the, the 64 hard drive. Um, but yeah, maybe it's just that game. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's just Unity. <laughs> Um. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a crazy year. I was really excited about Anno. Uh, oh yeah, God, that is a game. Yeah, what is I it? Anno like Anno twenty two oh four, I think, or twenty two fourteen. There's a four in there somewhere. Well, they always add up to nine. We know this. Oh yeah, I've previously determined this. Yeah. On Idle Thumbs. Hmm. Um. I mean, I, this is actually another thing that we call that Idle Thumbs called technically because I I ran through like all the possibilities of like what remaining anno years could there be within reason right you know like um and if with unless they made anno 2007 which i was really <laughs> which i was really pulling for which i was really pulling for oh man there wasn't you know they pretty much had to go far, they had to go future they had to go into anno the 2007 now that you know what's funny that makes me think that i actually really want a city builder set in like 1982 you know what I mean? Like just something that's yeah. just very like God. Could you imagine New York City in nineteen seventy six? Exactly, right? That would be like fascinating, or even earlier, right? Like the thirties or something. Like well, those would be totally different games. They would be completely They'd different be games. Completely a different black games. and white city builder, New York, you know, Empire State Building, just like halfway built. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you want the version of that that has like a paradox sensibility, like Paradox, yeah, the developer yeah. of like Hearts of Iron, Crusader mm-hmm. Kings, you know, games like that, where those games are situated very much in particular historical eras Mm -hmm. and they go through them and they sort of postulate like given the starting point of this era in history and given these actual things that like you know they don't just say now go forever there are things that actually happen Mm -hmm. that did happen historically but yep world war ii begins now resources are limited and whatever exactly but on top of that you still make micro level choices Mm -hmm. and in some cases macro level choices and dictate you know, like possible different ways the world goes and so on. And man, in that kind of, within that kind of philosophy, a New York city simulator, yeah. you know, as you say, starting in like, I don't know what post great depression or Probably, something yeah. like yeah, before or, world war two. Yeah. Or even earlier and then going through there, yeah. you know, I guess maybe starting industrial revolution. I was going to say like, yeah, yeah that, industrial revolution, post industrial revolution, yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. around Early, there, just the, like the first skyscrapers basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you want like that, um, you know, the image of the, the guy like, uh, sitting on the, um, I beam at, you know, 50 stories right, exactly. up, uh, oh, with no harness. God. Like I want this game so badly. Yeah, <laughs> you're just seeing the Brooklyn bridge just slowly like yeah. pop into view like that. Uh, oh, that's the game you want. Building the big subway tunnels. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Anyway, there's a game that won't that was not announced at E3. Uh, <laughs> there's a game that we got was, hot there's scoops a game here that was announced in the E3 of the mind. Yeah, Another right. game of of the E3 of the mind is <laughs> was um at the end of the Sony press conference, uh some guy got up there and he was like it's the like 
now the biggest franchise of all time and then um like roman numerals started appearing on the screen <laughs> and the way that they and like it ended up being black ops 3 but oh, like okay. but but first like one of them and then it expanded into two of them and then we came through but when it was two of them just the the typeface that they were in it looked like god hand it looked like <laughs> what, how the god hand logo oh, man, looked. yeah and jake posted a tweet oh, my where god. he was like I, I really thought this was going to be God hand for a second, and I, and I replied to him with like fictional quotes: "The biggest franchise and the most successful franchise in the world, God hand." Like, audience roars, cheers, right? And he was like, "Yes, that's the press conference that is going on in my mind." Right. And so, well, you know, though, it's like I could like I could halfway plausibly understand why someone might expect something goofy like that because of things like Shenmue Three and just the weird, which yeah, what a it's like it got funded in 10 hours at yeah, $2 what million two, dollars? two million dollars in yeah, 10 hours or something um did you watch the video for that the kickstarter video yeah yeah i did whoa whoa <laughs> i mean well number one like really strange that we talked about shenmu at length on the podcast last I week i know um it almost feels like we had insider information i don't think we did, we did not. i did we definitely i definitely did not, didn't no. none of us um, knew anything and and then um uh yeah, I was excited when I when I heard about it. Uh, not having played two, but just you know whatever. I mean, you know the original Shenmue. It's up to two point eight million, by the way. Oh my I'm sure it'll God. be higher by the time you hear this podcast. Wow. Um, but yeah, my memory of the original Shenmue was what it's two thousand two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fairly high fidelity, uh, cutscene direction for its time, fairly high fidelity, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched the Kickstarter video. Oof, I know. I couldn't quite understand. Like I was watching it with um, Janelle, my girlfriend, and she was not having. She has no idea what Shenmue is, mm-hmm. and um, she's like, "Is this what Shenmue is? Like, is this what is this? Like, what is this? <laughs> right. What what kind of game is it? Like, she had no idea like what it was. Like, it's a game it where told when you, you hop like, over a, a rock, <laughs> it acts as though you're in the fucking Matrix. What? <laughs> and what is the deal with like the ten second pauses on people's faces? Like what a what a bizarre and what, surreal and like what's the deal David with, like, Lynchian video <laughs> and also like see, a seeming attempt it, it it the the voice acting was like a parody yeah. of bad anime dubbing yeah. voice acting yeah it felt like a parody like she was like is this like supposed to be like funny is this supposed to right. be a joke yeah uh <laughs> nope it's got three million dollars in five minutes yep uh <laughs> yeah it was so weird it's really strange it was like a, like i wanted to be excited and i know like, right i, I wanted to i wanted I'm to be like even, oh man cool i'm like, not even a big i don't even like have any particular no. nostalgic attachment to shenmue, shenmue at all i mean my history of shenmue was described on last week's podcast yeah so you know suffice to say i'm not like head over heels for Shenmue it's cool but like whatever but I was still like you know it's nice when you see an old the thing that is nice about it for me potentially is that it was an older design you know there's so few people who actually still work in games and still do things on a daily basis who are older than like 40 yeah you know what I mean there's just not that many there are Mm -hmm. some very few though so when you see like an older game creator still trying to do stuff I always kind of I'm like all right go for it like what the hell was this (laughs) What is what is this thing? Yeah, Real. I mean, can you jump? <laughs> yes. And then she says, "Like, let's go." And he goes, "Yes." Again, he says it's like the same clip. They just like played it again, I think, or he I delivered it so. in such an identical way that it sounded as though it were the same. Yeah. It was weird, man. It was really strange. Um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I have to hope the game itself was going to be cool. I assume it will be, but uh, that was not a. 
Uh, that was a. I, I don't even know what to say about it other than it was just absolutely surreal. It was surreal. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Video games. I, I guess yeah. they really run the spectrum these days. Uh, you've got your HoloLens billion dollar thing I know. announced I saw, alongside. Yeah. I like, get every morning. I um. I get the this like. I really like this a lot. I think I mentioned it on the podcast once before, but um, New York Times does a thing where you can sign up for just a daily brief um, morning email and it sends mm. you an email at like, you know, three or four AM or whatever, just like mm. whenever their newsroom starts, presumably. And like, and, um, and it's just like a really nice bullet point list of all of the sort of newsworthy things across, you know, politics and culture and like world news and U S news and so on. And, uh, and the arts and so on. And just both like one or two sentences each link to a story. If you want to read more, I really like it. It's a very, very, very nicely put together thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, the the E3 bullet was like game makers show off their newest headsets at the E3. It was like, <laughs> it was like new 3D oh, headsets. The whole like the entire bullet point <laughs> about E3 was all about he- like yeah. virtual reality headsets. Right. That's because that's just what our industry is clearly fucking obsessed with right now. Mm-hmm. To anyone looking in from the outside, like. You know, 20 years ago, the thing we were obsessed with was, like, guns and doom. I mean, it still kind of is, I guess. 3D graphics. But, yeah. like Yeah. Right. But that was, like, you know, there's every few years, there's, like, a new thing that to the people on the outside looking in who have no connection to it are, like, oh, they all seem to be obsessed with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And the the this that it is right now is definitely fucking goofy-ass headsets, the goggles that you put on your face. Yeah. Yeah. Look at those weird guys with their goggles. Yep. Man, <laughs> I love Okay, so our buddy Will Smith um who works for uh Tested, the website that used to be Giant Bomb affiliated and now is affiliated with the Mythbusters guys. Um he have you seen the classic picture of him making the like shock and awe mouth face while wearing an Oculus Rift? No. Oh my god. There's a picture of him. If you just search for Will Smith Oculus Hopefully you don't get the actor Will Smith. I yeah. mean, well, I mean, if there's actually a picture of yeah. the actor Will Smith wearing a headset, hopefully you do also get exactly. That. But yeah. the one that I'm referring to is Will Smith, the redhead, um, <laughs> wearing an Oculus and making a face that looks like he's in the throes of passion. And that picture, because of that, is just used like anytime there's a story <laughs> about anytime there's a, a story about like. Could VR porn be the next big thing for the video game industry? Right. They, someone always does it in Google Image Search and grabs that picture of Will Smith going <laughs> like, oh, but it's also just used everywhere else also. God. So that guy's face has unintentionally become just the mascot, just like the poster child for like white guy, like <laughs> mind blown face right. wearing goggles. It's like that one girl VR. with the headset uh, with the joystick um, who was just like, if you, if you Googled like video game excitement or like video, cool video games or whatever, you know what I'm talking about? I don't usually Google cool video games. What? A- <laughs> well, you no. <laughs> no. I, I mean, <laughs> cracks knuckles, sits down at, at the computer yeah, right. in the morning, like pours my cup of coffee. All right, internet, here we go. Type cool video games images. Click. I'll I'll bet you this week a lot of people googled <laughs> cool video games. That's that's what I guess like a twelve year old does who knows that E three is happening. Yeah, and he's just like really excited. Also, and can't contain a, how a New York Times are. reporter. So there's, oh, I need to know cool video games. Yeah, yeah that's true. Also, a New York Times reporter. Yeah. That is when those two audiences overlap on the Venn diagram. <laughs> they're they're 
their amount of like actionable knowledge about the thing is equal. Right. Their motivation is slightly different. Yeah. But their actual like useful information on this yeah, topic. There's a huge Google is, search overlap. Yes. Um exactly. nothing else. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah, games are cool. Mm-hmm. Crazy week. I, mean, I don't know. I feel like I barely even watched any of it as well. And I didn't uh, watch much of it either. I watched the Sony thing because we were in it. Um and uh oh steve's game um oh yeah tacoma, tacoma got announced for yeah. xbox one that's cool yeah it was a cool trailer <clears throat> yeah um and i watch just like bits and pieces of other things but there's so much of it i, I just can't i, like, I can't it. watch it all anymore it's yeah. too much there's just too much and, and so much of it's just the same or is games that we already know about or games that are inevitable mm-hmm. like okay there's a new call of duty game like, yeah there's another Metal Gear solid like yeah, you just like, kind of go oh, what am I gonna do yeah. about with that information yeah um but you know uh, do, do, do you want to do some reader mail? Sure. Okay. Let us see. Andrew good Duell. Good. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> That's what? true. He said go to Anno segment. <laughs> oh, we never talked about ammo. Let's talk about ammo. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um. <laughs> I, I, you know, so, what's funny about this? Um, I was, I, when they, okay. So there was the CG trailer. Yes. And then there was the gameplay trailer. Did you watch both of them? I watched both. Okay. So I watched the CG one first Uh because I don't care about CG trailers. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch this anyway because I love Anno. Anno is is this like European city builder franchise that typically – the reason I say European is because traditionally the series has focused on European like generally, you know, feudal or renaissance era um, generic kind of like fictional city creators in a way that – that is not based on any one like actual real city layout, but tries to draw from like a particular era mm-hmm. in European history in a generalized way. Yeah. Um, kind of like it's sort of in between <clears throat> civilizations take on history and like a paradox take on history in the way we described. Right. It kind of, it's, it's fairly open in terms of systems, but it, it all sort of funnels down into a, um, a city design that you create that yeah. sort of all still feels generally like something that is plausibly of right. that time. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, there's a huge cathedral in the middle of town and then – Right, of, and that's you know, like a big deal. It's just you kind of – you inevitably make these things and it feels very consistent yeah. despite the fact and that you have a lot of control over And everything funnels through resources that are, that are appropriate to the time. So like mm-hmm. to build a cathedral, you need complex things like glass, which means you also need sand and you also need other resources and those resources ha- – they're like – you need to manage trades. So a lot of it's about like sort of <clears> – Interdependent. Inter- inter- interdependent. Tra- systems, yeah. You know, trade, which is like, you know, free trade was starting to become mm-hmm. like, or complex trade anyway, was starting to become a factor in that era of history. Anyway, so they traditionally these like sort of European things, but then the most recent game was Anno, what, 2070? Yeah. I want to say. Yeah, um, which I did not play. I played it a little bit and I just was not, this is the thing about the Anno game. So there are two big parts of appeal for me in an Anno game. I suspect Nick... These will be similar for you mm. um, to, to the extent I, I think I don't know if you're as into that series as I am, but I think probably the things you'd I like about a lot it of, are very similar. OK, you know, well, 17, like 1404, or, or, uh, or some, the most recent Dawn of Discovery, whatever that, that was 1404 was rebranded from. Yeah. OK, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> the things I like about them and you can you can tell me if this is different for you is the combination of one, the sort of clockwork interdependencies that you have to set up so like Mm -hmm. economic management in terms of setting up trade and resource development and these like this like complex balance of factors and then the other thing i enjoy is just the totally lavish aesthetic Mm -hmm. like 
sensory side mm. of it. You know, they're yep. just they're beautiful games. They're really, really beautiful. They they're very detailed visually in a in a way that is um it's not stylized, but it's very lush. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um I I just really like looking at these games and they ship with this nice mode that you can just switch in and out of with a single key press, which is camera mode, which gets rid of all the UI mm-hmm. and puts kind of a little tilt shift filter, which is very in vogue these days. And yep. you can just kind of zoom around, zoom around the map and take screenshots and videos if you like, you know, your, yourself. But the game just presents it to you in a very beautiful picture-ready, you know, kind of way. And that, that's, mm-hmm. those two things are what I – the yep. combination of that is what I love. Yep. And so that is why, unfortunately for me, Anno 2070 was not that appealing because it it had the first part. But it was just kind of this like near future, kind of generically futury yeah. kind of thing. It was still basically just set on Earth, but without any of the like beautiful architecture that you get from like building a medieval Gothic cathedral or right. you know these cobblestone s- streets that you slowly mm-hmm. improve. And th- that's those things are beautiful. Like the, yep. you know, I mean, like you know, as as much of as much obviously like squalor as there was in medieval Europe, um, there were also edifices of incredible beauty and, and they really do justice to those things in, in the Anno games. And I just Mm -hmm. can't get enough of that stuff. It's just, it's just gorgeous. Um, and I just, there wasn't really any of that to me in the kind of just like bland sort of swoopy glass bubble stuff Mm. that they had in Anno 2070. Mm -hmm. And so that, so anyway, so I watched the, um, the CGI trailer for Anno, what is it? 2700 uh yeah maybe maybe it's 2704 that's 2601 it could be i don't know um yeah why don't you look it up and uh i feel like i should know this but i can't remember uh so i watched the cgi trailer and it and the cgi one is set on the moon right and you know if you've listened to this podcast for long enough you know 2205 2205 okay there you go there you go so still, still adds up to nine yeah um so if you've listened to this podcast long enough you know nick and i are both big moon fans and um and the game is set on the moon it's and so i got really excited about that i'm like okay cool i am i assume that their architectural sense will still be kind of fairly generically futuristic Mm. but that's okay because you're getting this new thing which is a totally different ecosystem Mm -hmm. and you know that will be the thing Mm -hmm. that is unique and kind of whereas the Anno 2070 was not that exciting to me because it was just normal Earth but with less beautiful architecture. So I'm like, mm-hmm. what's the point of that? I could be playing normal Earth with very beautiful architecture. So I'll take the version of it that is maybe not like the most shocking depiction of the future, but it's in a totally different environment. That's mm-hmm. fine. I'll take that. And then I watched the gameplay trailer and it started off and I'm like, oh, what the hell is this? It's just Earth again. They're just reusing all their fucking <laughs> – they're just reusing all their fucking tiles. Yeah. And I thought the implication of the gameplay trailer was it's on the moon but we just terraformed the moon to look like Earth now. Right. Because that seems like the kind of thing that a game developer on a budget would just do. Sure. They would just yeah. – cl- like to be honest, um, the reason I, I was worried about that is because to be totally honest with you, um, Civilization uh, – the space one – Oh, beyond uh, beyond Earth, beyond Earth, kind of had that feeling to me, right? Yeah, like you're supposed to be on an no, uh, yeah, no, that, yeah, otherworldly place, but it's still kind of just like a total conversion mod like Earth, or something, you know, because they just, reused yeah. a lot of their assets. Mm-hmm. Which you know, fair enough, I get it. You're you're on a budget. You're making a PC only game for a for a particular market, 
but it was so I so I saw that in the in the Anno trailer, and I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. But then they actually take off from Earth, yeah. and go to the moon, and I'm like, oh fuck, it takes place on Earth and the moon, <laughs> and the moon looks like the moon. I'm fucking in. I'm in. <laughs> Fuck it in. I'm sold. Oh my yeah. god, I'm so happy. I went from good. such a like. I went from such a – I went on this big fucking you pendulum on, swing because I fought the CGI trailer. I'm like, fuck yeah, the moon. Yeah. This is going to be great. And then had, I saw the It was the, the free return trajectory like, of oh, your interest. Oh, they bullshitting me in the CGI trailer. They're just doing the yeah. lazy moon. You went all the way. back. I'm like, it's the real moon. It's doing the moon. Yep. And that gravity assist just, just <laughs> snap shotting right across. Yep. Um, yeah, no, it's funny. I hadn't even, like, taken the time to think about the implication of that game and, like, what it will probably be. But, like, It'll probably when you... play like all the rest of them. Well, honest. right, but I hadn't Except I hadn't for the thought... part about Earth and Moon at the same time. Well, that's the thing, which I assume uh, I is going to function somewhat... That, well, that's, yeah, what like I'm, the that's, that's the part yeah. that I'm thinking is, like, oh, yeah, no, those are just going to function as yes. two separate, like, island zones right. that that's probably also have their own, like, spheres totally of influence within... Yeah, yeah, and their own resources you have to trade between. And then probably some kind of force, like, in between the Earth and the Moon or something that's, like, acting as, like, the pirate force or whatever. Yeah, or, like, asteroid mining and stuff, perhaps, in between. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm making shit up right now. Yep. But, like... So but, you three of the mind, Chris, yeah. it's fine. But the, the main way in which the Eno games <laughs> diverge from reality... Well, I guess not diverge from reality. The Eno games are actually not so much, like, feudal Europe, so, so much as they are a weird kind of version of taking feudal Europe and putting it in a colonial setting. It yeah. kind of overlaps with a couple different European periods of history that aren't really, like... It's not really quite how things worked, really. Yeah. There are versions of that, certainly. But I feel like the way they portray it is a little... Like, they're... It's condensed. things a little bit. Yeah, it's just it's, a condensed it's version condensed, of history. Exactly. So, yeah. like... So, in those games, you ha- you, you're, you're generally building on, like, an archipelago, basically. Right. You're generally building on, like, different islands that have different um, resource resources that they're... Um, particularly bountiful yeah you know with and you have to trade between those different islands and so that's mm-hmm. why we are postulating that right Anno, yeah what is it 20 2205 that's why we're <clears throat> suspecting that might that that might be how the earth moon relationship comes into play mm-hmm. those islands yeah it's gonna be good probably yeah i'm really excited <laughs> i'm really excited i'm so glad i love seeing uh I love that there is still room for stuff like this, you know, like PC only, very intricate, no like big, crazy, splashy combat yeah. thing. I mean, there is combat in those games, but it's to me, it is like so not well, the interesting part of it. I don't yeah, even think and, it's fun, really. I, I would rather it not exist most of the time. I mean, that's actually the probably the most surprising um, aspect of that reveal is that as much as they could have from a marketing standpoint played up the combat or whatever component yeah. of that game is going to be combat oriented, well, didn't happen, they didn't do it at all. Didn't that happen in the Settlers series, which Ubisoft also owns? Yes. These are both owned by Ubisoft. And yeah, I feel like well, the Settlers series moved more and more towards I was combat. actually going to mention Settlers because I, I don't know if I've ever talked about Anno in this game, but that's the game that feels um, like a precursor to Anno for yes, me. Yes, definitely, yeah. And um, that's what I liked about Settlers and Settlers 2 um, was the sort of relaxed uh, style of play. You know, this very mm-hmm. like, I'm sort of slowly building up my space and I don't feel very threatened by any... And, and yeah, like, um, after a while, I want to say around like four or five, and I, I didn't follow the series uh, super closely, but my impression of them was that, you know, I would load them up and I would just be getting attacked like nonstop, like in waves, you know, like just constantly people like interfering with my ability to actually just play the you know the city builder aspect um so yeah i like it's really strange that that is the case with this series where it's clearly has the resources to create this beautiful thing 
and yet there's no uh emphasis on combat whatsoever um it's very it's pretty unique it's great that's definitely not the case with most uh strategy games these days i know um Um, and and this is not this is the thing i'm about to talk about is not um in line with what you're saying in terms of lack of combat but just in 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 the sense of like large teams under the aegis of large publishers being able to make stuff that is not the like from the top biggest genres around for an exclusive PC audience. I found it, found it really interesting and cool that XCOM two is a PC only game. Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting. I love that. Apparently that market, um, on PC, I'm sure they did the math on it. um, Clearly. Right. I mean, they're a big publisher. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, I love that, that, that apparently that was a big enough market just on that platform to sustain a large publisher-sized marketing campaign yep. and development budget and all that. I'm really excited about that game. Yeah. I mean, what they said was, um, you know, looking at the, you know, our engine and the way that we've sort of built it up over the years for us to port this to console uh, just doesn't make any sense. It'd be very difficult for us to do. But really what that boils down to is, yeah, they, they did the math and said, like, we can survive on PC and also we won't need to spend X number of dollars right. to port this thing. And the we don't need to because the because console the, is not enough to. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's fine with me. It seems good in general. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there are some games where, you know, put them on as many platforms as possible because what difference does it make? Like they have right. few enough inputs that it's really not a big deal. But um, and that's not to say that Xbox, uh, Xbox, um, XCOM certainly does not have too many inputs to put on console. Mm-hmm. Not at all. But the thing that makes it to me valuable that that game is just on one platform regardless of what it is i'm glad it's on pc because that's the platform that i i really use but the thing that that makes it valuable is that it is a very ui centric game Mm. so it's not so much that like you know i think people often get into kind of a a trap where they talk about stuff being dumbed down for console or you know like console controllers not being sufficient to do a thing that's true with some kinds of games, but relatively few. There's actually a right. lot of inputs on a controller. Really, I think what you lose when you're when you spread across multiple platforms, in the cases of games where mainly what you're doing is interacting with visible UI and menus on the screen, which is not all games, right? Shooters are not that way. Yeah. Um, you know, action adventure games are generally not that way. Um, adventure games are not that way. But strategy games and tactical games are very frequently that way, where mainly what you're doing is interacting with menus and visible UI elements. And it is just a completely different, completely different problem to solve that with a controller than it is a mouse and keyboard. It's solvable with both of them, but it's hard to do both at the same time. Yeah. And I guess now that I'm saying this, I'm acknowledging they're still going to probably try and support controllers on PC anyway. So they're still probably going to have to (laughs) solve that problem. But I hope, I hope, that the attitude they're taking is let's really knock this out of the park for mouse and keyboard. Just really, really just like, yep. Just completely that's, slam it home there because like they were saying, so that's, yeah. 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 Well, I, you know, I think that, that stuff translates fairly well to iOS and I think it was relatively successful on iOS and, and I don't know if it was released yeah. on Android. Um, I think they said, Probably. It did, I, I think they said it did surprisingly well for them. So yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm glad that that's the, that, you know, um, the platform wars or whatever just seem like to me almost a thing of the past. Like I don't certainly that went on this week. Right. But oh, it, yeah. I don't feel like it affected me in any real material no, way. There was almost nothing. I mean, it's so, you know, like I am, um, you know, I, 
I'm really happy that our game is going to be on PS4. Um, a lot of people asked, were asking for that. And mm-hmm. um, I, I'm very glad uh, to have that, like, you know, try and capture as, as much of an audience as you can. Um, but, you know, any one platform aside, like I really myself, just in my own life, I'm really not, I'm kind of, yeah, a one platform person at this point. Yeah. You know, other than my phone occasionally. Right. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's like maybe once a month ish, I'll kind of get into a mobile game. Yeah. Other than New York Times Crossword, which I continue to play every day. <laughs> um, actually, I want to talk about that for a second after after this. But like, okay. but other, other than those kind of outliers, I really am just like I've got my computer. Yeah. And I have just made peace with stuff that I can't get on my computer. I'm just I'm not going to play it. Yeah. It's not like a, I'm not angry. God. I'm not like I'm not being like I refuse to play it. I'm just I just I've gotten very, very good at just kind of letting stuff wash by and not worrying about it. The you know? only thing that's sticking in my craw right now, yeah. and this is so stupid, but uh, Rock Band 4 was announced. Oh, yeah. I enjoy the Rock Band games quite a bit. Yeah, I did too. Um, it, presumably that game will be good. Presumably I will want to play it. But I have something like... Uh, and they announced that um, the DLC from the previous games will transfer to uh, oh, Rock crazy. Band 4. Nice, that's great. But not cross platform between oh. xbox 360 and ps4 and vice versa and so i have probably like close to i, I wouldn't even hazard a guess how many hundreds of dollars right. of money i put into <laughs> rock band yeah, DLC. like right, it's really right, right. gross yeah, because yeah, i just yeah. really enjoy that game uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh yeah i would have to buy an xbox one and rock band 4 in order to transfer that dlc over right which knowing me <laughs> You will uh, do in anyway. the future <laughs> when I have the expendable money to do that. I will probably do that, and it's yeah. going to be really gross. But that's the only thing that's driving me nuts right, right now. Everything right. else, I'm just actually, I feel really just yeah. It's just a nice time to not have to worry about that stuff mm-hmm. as much. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm sure that will not be the case when VR becomes uh, <laughs> because its own care, segmented though. thing. I know, but I'm just saying, like maybe eventually I will really care about mm-hmm. a couple of those games, mm-hmm. and there will be VR exclusive to one particular VR or another. Right. I, I, um, it is. So, God, did you uh, even so, see like Starbreeze announce their own VR um, headset? What? Yeah, it's called, it's called Star VR. Like, <laughs> what? They're making a Walking Dead game with it. It's crazy. There what? are so many of these things that are getting a announced. A licensed like, Walking Dead game? Yeah. For a proprietary VR headset? Yeah. People used it. What? They said it was interesting. Um, it's just the market is what? hopefully, like, I'm re- I'm really hoping this. We're in a bubble. We're they, in a VR bubble. That's what I'm saying is I, we're in a bubble, but also, like, I hope that. If it if it if it never bursts, that this doesn't further segment things beyond we're, the We're platform. in like, a metaphorical VR bubble, and we're also in an increasingly literal, actual physical bubble <laughs> that you will have to purchase and envelop yourself right. with. Yeah, that will put you into a world of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of your anno uh, twenty two oh five citizens will be <laughs> walking the streets yeah. in bubbles. Yeah. Uh, all pregnant. At, yeah. Making me feel terrible. <laughs> it's in their underwear. Yeah. In their bubble. Yeah. It's just, uh, okay, one it's just the do, end of Wally. One thing basically. they do, one thing they do in the game. Oh, actually, there's two things I want to say about Fallout Shelter. Um, one is unrelated to, to that and one is related to that. So, yeah. um, one is that when a bad thing happens, when your base is invaded or infested or on fire, or whatever, you like frantically drag people around it's like okay the people with guns and like armor and stuff i'm going to drag them into the room so they can battle the raiders mm-hmm. or whatever and as soon as the like disaster state ends everybody goes back to where they were before 
mm. in such a clean way. It's a, they, it, the way it works is exactly 100% how I want it to work. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, oh, thank Christ. I thought I was going to have to fucking drag everyone. Oh, yeah, 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 You know, like it, it just it's always totally seamless in a way mm-hmm. that I can't overstate. If it weren't for that, I probably wouldn't have played this game longer than an hour. Yeah. You no, know, it the, does seem really slickly designed. Yes. It, it reminds me of actually um, This War of Mine, which has a similar perspective. Mm, yeah. And yet, I find in that game, it's actually very, um, you end up micromanaging each person, like, to a huge degree. And yeah, I wish there was some system in that game that was similar to what you're describing, where people would just kind of go back to what they're doing after right. you've sort of, right. you know, made them go do some right. very specific tasks. Um, yeah, it's cool. So, the other thing yeah. is, speaking of people being pregnant, people in this game are not, they're pregnant or they're not pregnant. Mm-hmm. They aren't, like, barely showing uh-huh. Or right. halfway. Yeah. They're just pregnant or they're just instantly. just a baby bubble or nothing. Yes, and that's it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, they're in the bubble, in the bubble, in the yeah. bubble. And um, <laughs> a, a thing that I'm relieved that they did that, um, I, you know, I, I'm sure was actually easier for them on the development side, but also, like, just thank goodness they did this, is that as soon as someone becomes pregnant, regardless of what clothes they are like logically wearing in terms of bonus benefits and bonuses and stuff. Mm. They are depicted as just wearing generic. You're just wearing clothes, Mm. clothes. So, which, so that is very good for me because, (laughs) because in my base, if you get pregnant, it means that a moment earlier you were in, you were in lingerie basically. Right. I am so glad that the game <laughs> doesn't make me feel like even more of a shit right. than I already feel like by, than, <laughs> by instantly making me like, yeah, I bet you like this, don't you? And just ha- like having just fucking Jesus pregnant Christ. ladies in underwear walking around my base yeah. and making me just feel like the, the the lamest man. I'm glad that's the case as well, Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Thanks, Bethesda. Yep. Thanks, Bethesda. <laughs> so forgot to mention that. <laughs> it's good you got it in there. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> anyway, you want to do some rainer mail? Sure. <laughs> Good Anno segment. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew Duell writes, "Robot news, state of the art in AI research." I actually don't know what this email is. Let's find mm. out. Hi, I had the opportunity to finally spend some time talking to a new friend of the family. My wife's best friend remarried last year. They happen to work for one of the top five AI laboratories worldwide. Microsoft Research is one of these you're the most likely to have heard of. Interestingly, Google is not in the list. Quote, they only have the data. That's interesting. Hmm. Um, He stated, as a matter of fact, that there are now domain-specific AI working at human levels of intelligence in the following fields. Natural language, computer vision, and signal processing. This is a completely recent phenomenon, a product of the last four years of research followed by a significant breakthrough in the field, which, like any breakthrough, involved independent research toiling in obscurity for about 20 years. The reasons for this are threefold. One, computational power. Two, availability of data. And three, two or three key algorithms that have been developed as a part of this breakthrough. Apparently, Nature, I think referring to the the journal, the the peer-reviewed journal, Mm -hmm. had had a recent issue on this known variously as machine learning, deep learning, or AI. These are neural networks running at about 10 layers with much more sophisticated designs than were looked at back when neural networks were first popular. His key field of research is that while they know what works, they don't know why. And his lab is endeavoring Ugh. to figure this out, or as he puts it, quote, something bad will happen. Oh, my God. Although this God. is not strictly robot news, I thought you may want to provide some <laughs> coverage of the nascent cyber neuron minds among us. Regards, Andrew Duell. Oh, yeah, we're, I mean, we're, we're fucked, right? I mean, like, we're obviously, I mean. I mean, I've, yeah, in the last few weeks, I've read a number of articles that basically feel like we are fucked. Yeah. Like, verifiably. Mm-hmm. Like, it's over. 
Mm-hmm. There's, there's, we've lost. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I saw that Alex Garland movie. Oh, Ex Machina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you haven't talked about that, have you? Since, since you were no, I like that movie a lot. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, yeah, I mean, we're in trouble. I don't really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what to make of all this. Because um, this is a case, this is a thing where you can't stop. <laughs> I don't know. Right, exactly. Right, like you can't stop. I guess this is happening. Some of us something... are just getting smarter than others. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to be a stupid girl. I guess and I'm just die. able to emotionally manipulate you. Yeah. Hmm, this is interesting. Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Yeah, there's nothing you can do. And it really does just feel like um, uh, a slap in the face that all of these like buzzwords from the '90s, like Terminator films, like neural net. I know, right? It's a like real thing. all that shit that people joked it's about, like oh, Skynet's coming out. Yeah, it's a neural net processor. Like that's how yeah. we are actually going to die to our own stupid like yep. AI meme. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like oh, it's so funny. Like <laughs> oh, it's really funny. Like ten years from now, like we could all die to machines. That's that's fucking hilarious. Let's make all these movies. Oh, it's entertaining. Much, much, much on my popcorn. <laughs> Bombs fall. Anyway. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, but nice knowing you guys. <laughs> Is that the end of the podcast? Is that the end of the world? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, oh, you know what? Here's an email about Blades, but I'll save that for Jake. Mm, yeah. Like well, and I also I played Jurassic World, uh, Lego Jurassic World last week, but I'm going to save that for Jake as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I saw that you were playing that. I feel like that's a next week okay. uh, yeah, discussion. That's, that's, that's fine. Are you around uh, next week? Uh, sure. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, Joe Lubertazzi writes, Dr. Mario, dad champion. Oh, man. Hey, guys. Oh, man. Just writing to further comment on dads who play only a single video game. Growing up, my family has always been big into games. I'm now a developer in AAA myself. My sisters and I would play through all the 90s classics like Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, Banjo-Kazooie, and Mario together while my parents would sit and watch, never really partaking themselves. On a rare occasion, my dad would pick up the controller. It was usually a puzzle game. I remember him getting really into some home console versions of Tetris, specifically Tetris Plus for the PlayStation, where you have to get the little professor to the bottom of the screen. I never, I don't know this. Huh. I would sit and watch him play the game night after night. In retrospect, it's insane how good he was. At some point, I came across a used copy of Dr. Mario 64 from EB Games. I remember being ex- incredibly excited to play as Mario, but then being very disappointed and hating the game <laughs> when I found out it wasn't like Super Mario 64. Oh, man. Oh, that's so sad. I know. Why is Mario not moving? He's yeah. just standing in the corner. <laughs> He's just looking Why's at he, me. He has Why has he got a stethoscope on? <laughs> uh, my dad, on the other hand, really took to the game. Each night when he came home from work, he would play a few games, and on the weekends, he would play for a few hours at least. At one point, I remember taking the game cartridge and hiding it because I was jealous of how much time he was spending with the game. <laughs> the mind of an eight-year-old is ridiculous. Oh my God. <laughs> During my teenage years, I had my computer in the same room as the Nintendo 64, and I fondly remember often looking over and seeing my dad playing Dr. Mario while I was playing WoW or something else. I would sometimes get up and watch him for a few minutes and by his ability to set up combos five moves in advance or escape from certain death. Wow. If we needed to go somewhere and my dad was in the middle of a game, my mom would ask him, what level are you on? So she could gauge how much, how much longer it would be. A full game took about 30 minutes. Wow. The phrase level nine became a common term in my household, the last oh level God. of the game. Over the years, my dad has slowly gotten better and better to the point where today the hardest difficulty is not enough for him. He's gone through several controllers playing the game. One birthday, I bought him a few refurbished controllers and he was overjoyed. Today, Dr. Mario is a therapeutic release for him. (laughs) Without fail, every night after work, he will play a game or two after dinner before going to bed. 
It's insane to me and awesome that Dr. Mario 64 has been one of the few constants in my life. For Father's Day this year, I've ordered him a tacky 90s Dr. Mario crew neck. I hope he wears it while sitting in his chair oh, in front man. of the ancient CRT, smashing in my Metal Mario's face on the last level. Also, my dad could totally beat Nick's dad at Dr. Mario. <laughs> Cheers, Joe. It's true. My dad hasn't played Dr. Mario in years. It's so weird. Like, dads must just all, like, Anno games, they all just sort of oh my funnel God, into... I'm sorry, look at this Look at this Dr. Mario fucking sweatshirt this guy's getting for his dad. Oh my God. <laughs> Wow, that looks like something that Wario would wear in a game. <laughs> yeah, it does. Search for Dr. Mario crew neck sweatshirt. Um, wow. Hopefully That's the thing a dad would wear his... like while mowing the lawn, and the kid would be so embarrassed. Yep, that's so true. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, a friend, a little, the kid's friend would come over, and the dad would yeah. be like, Hey, you like video games? Yeah. Check this out. Yeah, it's Dr. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kids. Um. Yeah, man, Dr. Mario. My For my dad now, it's actually weird because, um, yeah, for, for a number of years, he was really into Dr. Mario. And then I guess just the platform that he was playing it on, like, just was not in the house anymore. And so he stopped playing. What was he playing on? Um, NES? Yeah, I guess so. Or a game? game Boy. I guess oh, he was game playing Boy, the Game okay. Boy version. Um, and, uh, but now he's obsessed with Solitaire. Like, just the stupid Windows Solitaire. Solitaire? Windows yeah. Solitaire. I played that and, like, my mom like will catch him like playing <laughs> solitaire yeah and it's it, it's so funny because she's not like she gets upset about it now and it's she's not upset because he's like spending time just like you know whatever like doing game. nothing it's that it's just such a bad game to her right, yeah. like she's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. just like if you're gonna play something play like skyrim. skyrim why skyrim, why yeah. wouldn't you play like a better game john like yeah. why are you like come on like this gets like a six on Metacritic or whatever. Like she just, she's just like holding him to a higher standard. It's really weird. You know who else just got the equivalent of a six in the value in a subjective evaluation? Hmm. Um, I just loaded up. I just right like two seconds ago opened up Fallout Shelter to see how my Fallout Shelter is doing, and I got my my first daily report evaluating my progress. Oh, sixty three percent a D. <laughs> oh man, I was given a D. Um, and I fucking I know the, I'm sure the it's because I haven't been playing the game for a few hours, and so I haven't been. It able doesn't to, like, tell you what you what you've done, uh, how you failed specifically. Um, no, there's not. Like I, th- a- I think it's I think it's based on my my happiness rating of mm. my characters. But the thing is, like, I know it's because if I had been okay, if I had been actually playing the game all throughout us recording this, and like you know for the hour beforehand, I'm sure that I could have kept it up there because I would have been managing everything. Right. I don't understand what the well, who grades you. That's the question. Well, I, like fictionally, I I think fictionally it is a, a an robot. average of your happiness <laughs> score. Maybe I'm actually not sure. Mm. But yeah, it is an AI brain. It it's is probably yeah. So it's an AI brain. It's an AI brain saying, "Come on, Chris. Uh, I could have stay, done this better." Right? Yeah. Why is this? Why no, is but what this I'm thinking is bag they, of flesh yeah. in charge of this mm-hmm. task. This is how they train us. Um. Well, I hope this podcast ends well. <laughs> you just sort of like go as back I just, to as, I, yeah, like... as I just get sucked back <laughs> into my, my fucked up world of, of enforced procreation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is how the world ends. <laughs> End this podcast. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Find us on the internet at idlethumbs.net slash idlethumbs. Send us your email at questions at idlethumbs.net. Thanks for listening for however long we still exist on this planet.
It's really uplifting, guys. <laughs> 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 yeah, strong. You're pretty dark. I have no camera ready, 